This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Thank you, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in Jesus' name, Amen. Please be seated. We bless the Lord for this morning and for the opportunity to have to hear his word for the second time. I believe every word that we hear makes us better. It takes us higher. Now, I have been hearing constantly in my spirit the need to emphasize our salvation and the agenda of God that is spells out for us. You know, I have assumed and thought many people understand and know what salvation entails. But as I interact with people, I realize that what is basic that everybody should understand it is not understood by the majority of people. And therefore, the inability to progress, the inability to advance, stems from the lack of understanding of what this journey is about. Amen. Amen. So don't be irritated when you find I always go over the basic things. Because you may understand it, but majority don't. Majority don't. Recently, I was having a meeting with a group of people and I said, what is the difference between being saved or born again and salvation? What's the difference between born again and salvation? Is there a difference? Is there a difference? Is there a difference? And I realize that a lot of Christians don't, don't even know whether there's a difference between being born again and being saved. Or salvation. Being born again is a step in the process of salvation. Being born again is a step in the process of salvation. Because if it is the same thing, then when Paul says in, I think, 2 Corinthians, either 5.10 or 10.5, that work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I mean, if I'm born again, how do I work out my born again? I'm born again. I'm born again. Do you get it? But being born again is a step in the process of your salvation because the word salvation is deliverance. You are delivered from the power of the devil. You are delivered from the management, from the rulership of the devil. Because the day, you see, the day Adam and Eve chose to obey Satan's advice against God's instruction was the day they submitted themselves to the rulership of Satan. 
was the day they handed over everything, including themselves, to Satan. So when Satan came to Jesus with the same temptation, that you are here for all these things, and I know you have come to die. You have come, that's the reason why you have come to this world, is to recover what was given to me by Adam. No problem. And I know there's no contest between me and you in terms of power. Because I tried it in heaven and we lost and we're sent away from heaven and we are here on earth. So I'm not, I'm not going to fight you and resist you that you are not going to be able to do it. Because I will know. And if you check the Bible, wherever there was a demon present, there's no argument as to whether they will go or they will not go. If there's anything, it's more of where to go. There's no demon that resisted Jesus. The demons in the madman of Gadara, as recorded in Mark chapter 5, the best they could do was to negotiate their relocation. They get it. They said, oh, don't cast us out of here completely. But we just want to stay in the pigs. We like humans. But for now, the pigs will do. Do, do you get it? So Satan has never believed that he would defeat Jesus by way of direct confrontation. But as his name and his description is, he's a deceiver. Deceiver of the whole world. Where he runs it. It doesn't belong to him, but he runs it. For now. Now, you and I, through the foreknowledge of God and the grace of God, when the gospel is preached to us and we receive it and receive Jesus Christ, believe in him as the son of God and receive him as the Messiah, the Bible says that we become born again because that act of believing Jesus as the son of God and receiving him as the savior triggers a reaction, a spiritual reaction where the Holy Spirit begins to work in you. And a reborn or regenerated spirit occurs in you. That is being born again. Now, after you are born again, after now you are born again, the process has begun now where you can take or you can walk out of the control of Satan and be controlled by God. That is what a lot of Christians don't do. They are born again, but they are still under satanic control. How does Satan control somebody who is born again? Satan has charge of your natural nature, your carnal self, because that was how you came. You came when he was in charge. So your natural self, as you are born, the natural self is under his influence. And he has had enough time to school you in it. He has had enough time to develop you in it. Because when we, came, when we come as babies, we are innocent. Children are the most innocent creatures you can have. Very innocent. They don't mind walking around everything as it was in the beginning. 
Oh, they are cool. They don't see your problem. They hide nothing. Very innocent. They ask all the questions they want to ask. But as they begin to grow, as they go to school, in terms as they get schooled by the world, the powers of the world, then they begin to know that you don't have to tell the truth all the time. Or you don't have to tell the truth. So at first, they don't know that there are evidence that, that determines what happens. So they still lie, leaving the abundance evidence. With time, they discover that no, this is an evidence, so you must, you must do away with the evidence so that there's nothing to prove what you are saying except what you have said. I mean, I have a situation in my house where the, every time, no matter how many things is in the container, when it's left with one, and we are only four in the house, when it's left with one, everybody takes one. Even if it's 20, everybody took one. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody eats only one. It doesn't matter how many it was. I mean, if it's 40, 30, and you'll find out that the container is left standing there and it's left with only one and it's 30. And meanwhile, you who brought the thing took one or didn't even touch it. But they are feeling, the thing is finished. And meanwhile, there are only three people or two people, but everybody took one. I don't know if you understand this mass. You see, the counting that we do, the counting system, is, is called, is, is a system which counts in tens. So we say we count in base 10. Do you get it? So when you get to nine, then it becomes one zero. When you get to 19, when you move on, it becomes two zero. Now, you can also count in another, other bases like base five. When you count in base 5, the number 5, as we know it, is 1, 0. Because you count 1, 2, 3, 4. When you are going to 5, then it becomes 1, 0. Now, it's math. This one. <laughs> Add students. <laughs> do, do you do number bases in South Africa? You do it. Yes, uh -huh. so you understand what I'm talking about. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> you know, one of our problems as Africans is that when we have a difficult problem, we always choose the easy way out. So, for example, instead of developing good math teachers and recruiting teachers who understand the subject, you get it, and paying them well and sending them to the rural areas and to almost all other areas to teach the people, the children well, to understand the maths. We rather will take the shortcut and say, do maths literacy. That after which you are finished, you can't do anything that has maths in it. And most people don't understand maths but because of their teacher. Not, not because of their mind, no. It's the teacher. 
So the more your children will understand math, it will need you to train good teachers. Effort must be put in it. But it's always our nature as Africans. We always want the easy way out. We don't like the multiple steps that involves patience and determination and persistence. No, 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 no. Look, this 50%, let's bring it to 30%. We can increase the pass rate. Instead of saying that, let's come up with systems that helps the students to do well, to be able to get a 50%. Because it's, I mean, what is 30%? When a student has passed with 30%, what can they do in that subject? It's a wonderful thing. Please, I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about salvation. So, how did I get here? So, what, what I was saying is that Satan, you see, Satan is still in charge of your flesh, even though you are born again. Satan is still the master of your, your natural self, your, what the Bible calls your carnal nature. So, being born again, in other words, believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and receiving him as such opens you up to the supernatural world of God's power and everything. But you have to grow in it. You have to grow in it. I said you have to grow in it. When you get born again, Yes, you have a new spirit. Your, your spirit is reborn. But your newborn spirit must grow to take charge with the help of the Holy Spirit. Must grow to check, take charge of you. That is when then you come under the power of God. So until your spirit grows to start running your life, until your spirit matures to start dictating what you do and what you don't do, Satan will be running your life even though you are born again. I hope you understand him. Until you allow or until you invest in the development of your spirit where now you don't do what you feel like doing but you do what your spirit and the Holy Spirit says this is the right thing to do. You see, the, and, and if you don't believe that you are born again, the evidence of you being born again is that what you used to do without even thinking about what you are doing, when you are born again and you are doing the same thing, it, it's different. You start to think about it. Oh, yes. I mean, some of you can bear me testimony or bear me witness. Isn't it? Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Because when you are a sinner and you are not born again, oh, even some of the things you ask God to help you. Oh, yeah, yeah, you ask God's help. Even you are doing the wrong thing. But now, once you are born again and you go to church a few times, you start reading your Bible, when you do the same thing, now all of a sudden, it's like, no, there's something wrong. It's not right. And meanwhile, nobody has seen you. And you are doing it with the same person or at the same place. 
So what has changed? What has changed is that supernaturally, there is a part of you that has come alive that doesn't approve of the wrong things that you naturally do. And it's, it, it can't say no, but it's telling you that it's not happy. Amen. Amen. So this is where we have to work on. This is where we have to work on. And let's go through some of the basic scriptures that we need to know, which is our simple scripture, Acts 26 verse 18, the, the job description that Jesus gave to Paul. He says, I'm sending you to these people to open their eyes, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. You get to turn them from, from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto the power of God. That they may receive forgiveness of their sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in Jesus. Now, we all know about the forgiveness of sins that come about because of our faith in Jesus, isn't it? And most Christians are very happy. Is there any Christian here who is happy that God has forgiven you of all your sins because of your faith in Jesus? Ish, ish, ish. I, I mean, if you are not happy, then I don't know what else will make you happy. If you are not happy about forgiveness of sins, I don't know what. But you see, the forgiveness of sins is one step. The real need or the real work is now to be under the influence of God and not the influence of Satan. To be under the influence of God. And that comes by the inheritance that we have. The inheritance that we have that is from God is the inheritance of his godly nature. The inheritance of his godly nature. Remember Jesus said, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal and to kill, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The life there is the godly nature. I've come that you might have the life that is of God, the nature that is of God. Hallelujah. So when you get born again, you receive as an inheritance by your spirit's reborn, the nature of God. Because remember that the Bible says, when Nicodemus asked Jesus, how can these things be? When he was told he must be born again, in John chapter 3, Jesus explained to him that that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So I'm not talking about being born again of the flesh. But I'm talking about being born again of the spirit. So if you are born again of the spirit, and the spirit that gave birth to your spirit is the Holy Spirit, then that spirit in you is the nature of God in you. And your life is supposed to manifest that nature of God. Your life, you see, having that nature makes it possible to exhibit the characteristics that is of God. Let me say it again. Having that nature makes it possible for you to exhibit the characteristics that is of God. I am an inheritance of my mother and my father. I inherited from my mother uh, 23 genetic material. 23 genetic 
element. And I inherited from my father 23. All that I got from my mother is labeled the X chromosomes. So 13 X chromosomes. And I got from my father. Sorry, did I say 23? So yeah, 23 X chromosomes. And I inherited from my, my father 22 X chromosome and Y chromosome. One Y chromosome. That's why I came a male. So it's the father who determines the sex, not the mother. Now, God is wild, though. This is, this, is, this, is, this is just a side. This is just a side issue. You have challenges with parents. Some of you sometimes, you have challenges with your mother. Some of you, you have challenges with your father. Now, a challenge with a father is a very dangerous trap. A challenge with a father is a very dangerous trap. So when your mother is fighting your father, don't get yourself involved. Don't take sides. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Because most children take sides with their mother. A few take sides with their father. But most take sides with their mother. But you see, what you know is that you know your mother as a mother, but you don't know her as a wife. If you knew your mother as a wife, you would advise your son never to marry somebody like her. So, so what happens is that, listen, you are taking sides in an issue that you don't have all the facts. Secondly, you didn't make your father a father. It's God that made him. And he decided whether you be a girl or a boy by what portion of his chromosomes he gave out. Of course, determined by the supernatural work of God. But it's the father that makes the difference. It's not the mother. The mother, a woman, has 46 X chromosomes devised into half to make an egg. A father, a man, has 45 X chromosome and Y, one Y chromosome. And who gets it determines the sex that you come, whether you come out a male or female. It is the work of God. So if God says the man is the head of the family, just leave it to him. Leave it to God. It's not, it's not your business. If God says respect, honor your father and mother, that it will bear with you, just do it. Just do it. It's not what they do or what they don't do. And listen, this one, this one is not the preaching. It's just because I'm talking. I just, since I'm here. Let me say to you, listen. Never, never, never engage in a fight with a parent. Never. If you do, your life will not end well, no matter how promising it looks like. And where so a father? Where so a father? Are you with me? I know you are telling me, my father is irresponsible. What work have you given him that you are saying he's irresponsible? <laughs> Were you there when his job description was being given? 
Your duty is to honor him. Just honor him. Whether he did what he should do or he didn't do what you think he should do, just honor him and collect your blessing. If one of your sources of help in this world, one of the sources of help in this help is a father or a parent. They are a source of help for your life. Not because of what they would do, but because of what they say. So everything you do, as they say, God bless you. As they say, God will help you. As they say, may God help you. That is all your life needs. Because a father has said, God bless you, God will bless you. Are you with me? So yes, I know some of you are very intelligent and as I'm speaking, you're analyzing and say, you see, you don't understand. I don't have to understand. I'm just telling you what I have seen with my eyes. I'm just telling you what I have seen with my eyes. Since I started seeing, I don't know when, but at least it's 50 plus years. And since I grew up and became an adult and everything, having children and everything, what I have seen is that those who have had problems with their fathers, it will look like everything is going well. Then one day before you realize the bubble is best and it's like, what happened? You can't explain it. And some of them, it, they didn't even take off. The balloon is filled with helium. The wind is blowing, but the balloon is still stable on the ground. And you are asking, who is keeping the balloon on the ground? <clears throat> anyway, so we are talking about salvation. Let's, let's stay on our salvation. This one is, a, you can just, it's a side, but an important side supply. Do you get it? So what it is is that when you get born again, you have received the nature of God. You receive as God's promise to you the nature he will impart to us. He has imparted to us his nature. This is what would cause you to escape the rulership of Satan. This is what will cause you to escape the rulership of Satan in your life. Now, this nature demands development. It demands growth. Unfortunately, many of us don't realize that this is the work, the, the, the cutout work is the growth of your spirit. It's not your church membership. Let me say it again. It is not your church membership that brings into your life that which God has intended for you through your faith in Jesus Christ. It is your growth. 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 Therefore, all activities that lead to the development of your spirit are essential activities for your Christian life. Don't believe anybody that says that to be a Christian is to go to church and on Sunday and that's it for the week. No, it is never true. Because there's nothing that has developed that does not need or is, is not given attention. And the activities that must be done must be done by all. It's not only by zealous Christians. Unless you don't care about what you have received. Unless you are comfortable in your state of dominance 
by the devil. I mean, if you are okay, no problem. You know, when, when there's a portion of scripture where there was a blind man who was calling on Jesus. Have mercy on me, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Then Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do? Then I said, ah, but Jesus, you are not serious. The person is blind. What else can you do for him? Or what else can he want you to do? I mean, why that question? You know, sometimes when I read the Bible, I ask, I ask questions. And I get answers. You would think that a blind man would desire to have his eyes open. Like that would be his only desire. It's not true. It's not true. Some people don't want their state to change because they, it helps them to achieve their goal. Their goal, which may be inferior, but it's still a goal. Look, there are people who go to prison who don't want to be released. You think every prisoner wants to be free. No, there are people who go to prison that they say, listen, it's better inside there than here. But how can it be better in prison than outside where you have your freedom to explore? And You see, unless you are not willing to explore who you are and what you can become, the prison will be a good option. Yeah, because if you reduce your life to food to eat and a place to sleep, if you reduce your life to that, then the prison is a nice place. Especially if you are there for a long time because then you get to be friends with the wardens and everything. And you, yeah. So you get promoted. They put you in a nice place. They don't mistreat you. They make you a supervisor. They send you and all those things. And say, oh, no, we want to be here. Because at least, they say you are a cell leader. <laughs> you are a basenta leader. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's true. But as a Christian, as a Christian, God knows that he created you and knows your potential and what you are supposed to be. And therefore, he's very concerned seeing you far below your potential and has done everything possible to get you to your potential. Now, the rest is up to you to get to your potential. And that is why a Bible reading is important for you, not for the pastor. And so every time you say, I'm busy, I'm busy, what you are allowing Satan to do is to keep you under his rulership. That's exactly what you are allowing to do. Because you see, Paul said in uh, Ephesians 2, verse 2, it says, you in, in, who in time past... You walked in the same thing. Please give me Ephesians 2 2. Wherein in time past, you walked according to the course. According to the course. It's like the, the laid out paths. It's like a golf course. When you stand here, you play here. From there, you go there. From there, you go there. You get there. So it's the course. Do you get it? It's a route. It's a laid out ways. According to the course, the world has a course that it leads everybody in it under the management of Satan through. You see, you walked in wherein, please, can we read it in English? This English is too English. 
you, you see, even this one, it's making you not get the thing. Because one sin is mentioned, but what's sin about making a lot of money? So, this one. In which, at one time, you walked habitually, you were following the course and the fashion of this world, where under the sway of the tendency of this present age, sorry, where under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air, you were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sense of disobedience. I tell you, the whole world will tell you it's not true. But Satan likes it when he's present and he says he's not present. Because he's not he doesn't want his presence put it this way the work he wants to do is better done when his presence is not acknowledged and the work is not hindered by non-acknowledgement of his presence it is God who wants you to acknowledge him before he works in your life Satan does not need your acknowledgement he does not need it and he doesn't want it. So Satan is very happy. As the world says, he doesn't exist. As the world says, he's the figment of man's imagination. He's very happy. But you who are born again have had your eyes open and therefore must progress must progress when your eyes are open and you can see but you don't use it to look to see things then what is the use of it being open when your ears can hear but you don't use it to hear things that you need to hear and that you need to hear for others benefit then what's the use of a hearing ear I hope you understand what I'm saying so listen I want us to be aware that there is work for us. There's work for your life to be what God wants it to be. And you see, the beauty of your life is that there are supernatural works that must come out of your life. Because God is a supernatural God. It's not a natural God. It's a supernatural God. Doing wonders and miracles that must occur in your life. But you have to understand that you must work. And that is why I'm on the subject of laziness. Because what will stand between you and you harnessing and working in the full provision of God for your life is laziness. Because it's laziness that will tell you that just lie in bed a little bit, you read the Bible later on your way to work. Knowing that on your way to work, Johnny will start sending messages. And you'll be answering Johnny all the way. sorry if there's a journey I don't know I'm just please if you are Johnny I, I don't know I don't know that you are here and I don't know that you've been sending messages 
Are you with me? Yeah. So what stands between us and seeing the power of God and even coming out of the control of Satan is these things that we don't do. But this time around, I'm going to progress it and we are going to talk more and more about it. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. And, and, And I'm going to use the book Seven Great Principles. I'm going to use the book seven. Why do you use books? Sorry. I'm going to use the notes, seven great principles. Is it better? Do you like notes? Do you like notes? Because I believe and I know with all my heart. Because God is not a liar. Whatever he has said. It will manifest in your life if only you are to believe. Amen. Look, your faith will not just grow by itself. You have to exercise it. You have to learn about it. You have to look. My knowledge about medicine was not imparted to me supernaturally. I had to sit down to learn. Starting with learning English. English is one subject that I never liked. And the reason why I don't like English is because there's no, there are no formulas. Like, there's no like stable rule. It keeps changing. You know, like they say the present tense, they give you the present tense of a word and then the past tense It is spelled differently by changing maybe into another letter and then the past participle you add uh, ed to it but it doesn't follow it's like some of the words the same present is the same past and is the same uh, it's, it's a problem for me I tell you English I just need the barest minimum. And you can see from even my preaching that I'm not an R student. I don't use big words. I just like the simple, simple words. I don't use the big words. Not that I, I, don't, I, I don't think you understand it, but I don't know them. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. That I don't know them. If I knew them, I would use them. But I don't know them. So you're damn lucky that I don't know them. That's why I preach simple English that you can understand. Did you get it? Yeah. But I had to learn. I had to learn. And in the same way, the things of God, though they are spiritual, it demands on you to do so much, which you have to do. And when you do it, you will see for your life how everything that has been promised in the Bible would manifest. Hallelujah. And you'll be blessed. I said, and you'll be blessed. But the best of them is to find your life not under the control of Satan. I I think that is all that I want. That at least I should be, I should be aware every time I act or react to know that I'm doing what God wants 
to do, not what Satan is asking me to do. Because as for Satan, I don't want his input in my life. I don't want his input in my life. Because the description of him is that he does three things. He kills, he destroys, and steals. So if this is the way God described him, why would you want his contribution in your life? Because as he is giving you pleasure, what is he taking in exchange? Just like the white people came to give our parents, our great-grandparents and our ancestors uh, wine, uh, drinks, and took their gold, they gave them mirrors and collected their things. Do you get it? When Satan is giving you pleasure, or what, do you, what, what, what has he been giving you? As a person sitting by you, what has Satan been giving you? But, but you see, from the description of him, whatever he gives you, do you get it? Take it. He's either killing something, he's destroying something, or taking something. It doesn't matter what you say he gave you. Let it, because when God described him, he said he's a thief. He steals and he's a murderer. So his work, his work in your life will fall into one of these categories. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You may not know where it falls. Like accounting, you may not know whether to put it on the debit or credit side. Hey! That subject. That subject. Oh, I'm happy that we can have a choice. It's one subject I never understood. But I think it has to do with my teacher because I don't think it's a subject I shouldn't understand it. It was a teacher problem. Do you get it? But that you don't know which side of the ledger it belongs to. I said, because you don't know which side it belongs to, doesn't mean it doesn't belong to a side. So you can say, oh no, this one is different. It's not, it's not killing, it's not stealing. Wait until you are told what he has taken. Or wait until you are told what he killed by the presence of this that was there. So listen, in closing, I want you to know that your salvation involves you working on that which God has given to your life. And Peter was careful when he was speaking to us in Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 4 is where I want to go to, but let's start from verse 1 so that it makes the reading nice. Simon Peter is not a servant of the devil. Sometimes you need to introduce yourself so that they know who is speaking. 
Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To them, not to unbelievers, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. We have been called to glory. You have not been called to disgrace. You have not been called to uselessness. You have not been called to amount to nothing. But you have been called to amount to something. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises we might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust or through desires remember some time ago I preached unto you that your desires will determine who controls you there are desires which are part of the world system that brings you under satanic control. But Peter is telling us that by the divine nature, by us being made partakers of the divine nature through our faith in Jesus Christ, we have an opportunity to escape the corruption that is in this world. You see, anything that is corrupt ceases to be useful. I mean, if your file is corrupted, it doesn't function any longer the way it ought to in computer systems. Anything that is corrupted, it changes. Even when a country is corrupt, everything spoils. It's the, the only reason why things go left instead of going straight is because of corruption. So the Lord through the spirit the holy spirit is saying to us that it is the divine nature that we have received that will make us escape the corruption that is in this world you can believe it or not but i believe it but it goes on to say in verse 5 therefore besides this it's not going to happen casually it's not going to happen because God has said it. Because there's opposition to whatever God has said for as long as you are in this world. And this is what Christians don't get. But I pray you are getting it today. Amen. That I have something that I must work for it. I have something that demands my effort and my attention. And today laziness is gone out of the window of my life. I'm not going to, there's no excuses. When I have to wake up, I'll wake up. When I have to stay up late, I'll stay up. And you see, one of the things that I have realized 
makes people not do what they are supposed to do is when they don't want when they are lazy and they don't want to be tired what do I mean you see why should you sleep more than six hours a day why should you sleep more than six hours a day Lawrence, why should you sleep more than six hours a day? Why? Listen, in your sleeping state, you can do nothing beneficial to your life. Let me say it again. In your sleeping state, you can do nothing beneficial to your life. It is in your awake state that you can do something that will give you a better tomorrow. So why do you have to choose to be in a state that does not benefit your life more than is necessary? You don't understand my logic. Do, do you want your life to be better tomorrow than it is today? Now the state that can make your life better tomorrow than it is today is when you are awake. The state that does not contribute to a better future is when you are asleep. But it is essential and there's a minimum that is required for the body to be, be functional, which should be no more than six hours a day. Now, if you really are serious about changing your life, why should you put yourself or allow yourself to be in a state that does not improve your life for more than it is required? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So those of you that sleep eight hours, ten hours, you see, you may not be aware, but what you are doing is that you are depriving yourself the opportunity to improve your life by just being in the state when you can't do anything. So it's almost like it is necessary to go into that state for the body to recover. But I will not be in that state more than is necessary. That is, that is if you are determined to have a better tomorrow. So remember that every time you keep yourself in a state where you are unproductive, where it's not beneficial to your life, more than it is required, you are saying that you don't want a better life. So those of you that have good reasons or you, advise, you give yourself good reasons to sleep, this is actually what you are doing. You are putting yourself in a state that does not contribute to a better future by sleeping because what's the difference between a sleeping person and a dead body apart from the ability to wake up have you seen a dead body that has improved its life before when you sleep 
you are like a dead person. That's why in some cultures they give a proverb that if you don't know death, look at sleep. Because sleep is like death. Just that sleep retains the ability to come back to life. Death, that, that ability is gone. That's the only difference. But when you look at a sleeping person and a dead person, sometimes they look alike. Oh yeah, there are some dead bodies that when you look at them, it's like they are just asleep. Yeah. So church, Peter says, having received the divine nature that will make you escape the corruption that is in this world, you have to do certain things. Add to yourself. Add to your faith. Please go to the next verse. I want to close, but I'm struggling to close. Add to your giving all diligence. Add to your faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance. Please keep, I'm reading, patience, goodness, our godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. If these things are in you, you are assured of success. The presence of these things guarantees success. Hallelujah. I see all of us being guaranteed of success by the presence of these things in our lives. Yeah. God is lifting us up through his word that is coming to our lives. Let us believe it. And let us, you see, when you go home, get the message, listen to it again, and make notes, notes not of what I said, but of the steps that must come from what I have said. That from what he has said, I cannot sleep again without an alarm. And I'll have three alarms at different locations. And when I get up, in order to fight sleep, I'm going to bath immediately to be awake. So that I can read my Bible. Because you see, this is verse chapter 1. As he speaks out, when he gets to chapter 2, verse 1, he says, from all that I have said, chapter 2, not chapter, don't verse 2, chapter 2. Verse 2. Oh no. But maybe it's, it's chapter 1, verse 2, First Peter 1, 2, rather. He said, wherefore, laying aside all superfluity of naughtiness, desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby as newborn babies. Most of us have everything we need. What is left of us is the decision and the willingness to go through what it takes to be what God has made us to be. And you see, the beauty about God is that for every effort you make, he adds a wind to help you. That's, that's the beauty about God. Every effort you make, like a parent, he asks you to do well. I see you doing well. Let's rise to our feet.
Lift up your voice and thank the Lord and bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word that I've received today. It's going to bear fruit in me. Confess it that the word is going to make a difference. It will bring forth fruit in you. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Thank you, Holy. Father, your word is bearing fruit in our lives. Your word is bearing fruit in our lives. We are not the same as we have come because of the seed of your word that is sown in our lives. We are bearing fruit. The manifestation of your word would be visible for all to see. When we shall walk in your power, when our life shall give glory to you, when everything that was meant to be useless shall be turned to usefulness because of the word that has found us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, lift up your voice and bless his holy name. Bless his name, bless his name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless your name. We bless your name. Thank you for help. Help that is from you. Yes, we are not the same. We are not the same. Because of your involvement in our lives and because of your lifting up, the ordinary person is rising up and becoming great. Oh, yes, the person who is unstable is becoming stable because of your help because of your help the person who keeps going forth and back and forth is now having a clear direction of what to do and where to go oh we are marching forward progressing in your things and in your works that is in our lives oh we are yielding ourselves more to you lord thank you that the sin that easily besets us is no longer able to beset us we are free we are free Thank you, Holy Spirit. I wanna be a vessel you went through. I wanna be more like you. Lord, I wanna be more like you. is telling somebody here believe the word of God and walk in it stop arguing with it because it will do you no good walk in the word and you reap the harvest of the blessing that comes by walking in the word God has said that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts we don't match him in anything and therefore what he says deserves our obedience obey the word of God 
and walk in it and you will see the wisdom of God manifest in your life and it shall cause you to ask yourself how could I be so naive challenging God and challenging his wisdom thank you Holy Spirit I pray the supernatural help of, of, for our lives I pray the involvement of the Holy Spirit in our lives in a special way may we hear you spirit of the living God may we see you clearly when you move and may we follow help us not to quench you when you are moving but help us to be yielded totally to you for your move will bring order for your move in our lives will bring beauty for your move will bring elevation promotion you shall supply abundantly all that our lives needs and above all every work of satan shall be destroyed in our lives and in the lives of many that shall come into contact with us because of your work in us thank you for bringing us to a higher place thank you thank you holy spirit every head is bowed and every eye closed i explained to you what it means to be born again as part of the steps in being delivered from the power of satan unto the power of god if you want to be delivered from the power of satan unto the power of god i want you to know that you need jesus because it is through jesus that we are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of god every head bowed and every eye closed you want to say pastor please enough of satan's management in my life i want the management of god complete management of god in my life and since i need jesus i want to believe in him and i want to receive him as my lord and savior every head bowed and every eye closed you want to lift up your hand and say pastor please pray with me I want to declare publicly that I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift it up high. Lift it up high. I can pray with you wherever you are. Let it go up so that I can see and pray with you. I want to know whether you are here or not so that I can pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Lift your right hand so that I see and pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift it up high, my brother. There's no shy. You are not coming to a nightclub. You are coming to Jesus, the creator of the world, the one who loves you and gave himself for you. Let us pray. Let us pray this prayer together with our brother. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for my salvation. I thank you for thinking of me and sending Jesus to die for me so that I can have forgiveness of my sins I stand to declare by my confession that Jesus Christ is Lord I also confess him as your son who came to die for my sins Jesus I receive you as the son of God I receive you as my Savior. 
from today I am yours I belong to you and I will live for you as you make it possible thank you father for my salvation amen heavenly father thank you for this precious life bless him and keep him deliver him from evil in jesus name amen amen we believe you've been blessed by this message to stay connected follow our lci social media platform